Hello world, welcome to Hopecast. This is our podcast on spirituality, sexuality, wellness and queerness. And this is the last Hopecast of 2021. So this is Paul in London just introducing the episode. We're going to dive right in. The festive spirit is in us. And before we start the episode properly, let's just say thank you so much to everyone who has listened this year. Uh, Hopecast has been going now for seven months. It feels like seven minutes. It feels like seven generations. Uh, So we just want to say thank you to everyone who's listened, who's been in touch, who's given us feedback, who's sent us a message or liked a photo. We are so grateful. Thank you. We're going to start on a very high spiritual plane this episode. Uh, So it's over to Nick. I just need to have a pee and then I'll be back. That's okay. I'll come setting us now. Please keep that in. <laughs> <laughs> Anders, you remind me of a little elf. Thank you. You just need some green and you're all set to pop out of a yeah. stocking. Do I have any? I'm I'm on a very green chair. Maybe that counts. Let's see. Oh, perfect. You see, that'd be a great little picture. Not really like Christmas green. But... Yes, absolutely. it's close to it from here. <laughs> I love that your response to you remind me of an elf was, thank you. I'd be like, really? Well, so it's, I, no, elves it's... are adorable. Really? <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Bring out the Santa hats. No, I was called Father Christmas in a meeting today from <laughs> my look. So I feel like an elf is better. Yeah, you're more, you're more elfin than Father Christmas. Yeah. I shaved or would today. you be happy being called are you shaved <laughs> you're even more elfin because elfins never have hair right okay, you shaved twinkie elves. <laughs> twinkie elves <laughs> my definition yeah elves are the twinks of christmas <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. well you know twinkle twinkle little star twinkle twinkle, twinkle little elf. twink twinks can that be the title of our episode queering christmas Oh, God, I feel like we've got the Christmas spirit with us today. So, Anders, when you said I shaved today, that almost sounded like something that wasn't very regular. (laughs) Well, I mean, to be honest, there's not much happening on my face, so I don't really have to do much. Uh, And but I I've also since I'm moving and uh, so on, my priorities have not been on uh, shaving my face. So it was time today. And then. I showed up with my clean face to my meeting and someone thought I looked like Santa, so. You know, Anders, I shaved as well today. Okay, a shorter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every now and shaving then. day. Not fully shaved, just Not stubble, stubble shave. Stubble shave. Yeah, <laughs> I don't do full shaves anymore. I kind of only do that, or I only do five, five day shadow. <laughs> five day shadow. Not yeah. five o'clock. Five days. Five days shadow. Yeah. It takes you five days to get a five o'clock. I have like five minute shadow. Yeah. I, I think if I took all the hair off my body, I'd probably have like an Anders sized thing. <laughs> you know, never mind having to shave once every five days. It's like there's more hair on my back than on your head. <laughs> we'll cut that on the recording. I'm... Yeah, because who wants that image? <laughs> Anders shaped mound of back hair. There's a market for it, I'm sure. (laughs) If we can make money off of this, I am willing. We can brand it. Yes. 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 I'm I'm sure there could be something on eBay as a a sort of 
Yeah. I think we'd probably have to go to the dark web for that one. The next I was with. Oh, well, yeah, there, that, there's that. Yeah, so, uh, well, a, a sub I, I know, it's like, actually, he um, he just got paid, I think it was £500 um, to shave all of his body. By whom? By the master that, that, that he's serving. So he's I paid think. to shave himself? Yes, he's he's sort of like a. I always joke with him, and I say you're really a dom sub. It's like because it's like I've I've worked with guys where it's been like sort of more of that fin dom thing, and and they give me money. But I sort of say with you, it's like you're actually getting your masters to give you money <laughs> so that they can get the pleasure of watching you shave, but they're giving you five hundred pounds. <laughs> so well, like, how does that? Yeah, that's a good gig. I should do that. Because I could do it every month and make five hundred pounds because it grows back so quickly. I could do it every week. I'd do it for four fifty. <laughs> I wouldn't even charge five hundred. I you know, I'd do mates rate. But my my question is, is there like are there prompts or is it just like you need to shave today? Or is it like collect the byproduct or like do it in front of me or yeah. I, think, I think it might it might probably be doing it in front of him it's like i i mean i always call him werewolf my my nickname for him is werewolf because he's so hairy um Not uh which is what i really <laughs> like about him and so and then periodically he'll send me a photo and he's all sort of smoothly shaved and I, i'll be like oh how much did you get paid for that then <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the wrong and i think you know for him, it's like for him, he says it's an act of submission that he's, um, you know, taking all the hair off his body, which is like which is really a distinctive thing for him. And and this master sort of likes to sort of like slightly emasculate him by having him, you know, being totally hairless. Um, but, you know, a real sub mentality would be that he would just do that because he's being ordered to do it. Whereas, <laughs> I think he's <laughs> I think actually making six hundred pounds from him. He's an entrepreneurial sub. He's an entrepreneur. <laughs> I think there must be fin-dom energy in the air because one of my friends was asked on Grinder this week about um, a, a fin-dom situation. He asked me to like what he should reply. I was like, "What are you implying?" A fin-dom is, is a, a financial fin domination. A financial domination when when like someone wants uh you to pay them to do stuff so they dominate you financially or vice versa it's wild oh that's a whole other twist what's the side of it where i make money what yeah i, I mean <laughs> I, I think it's that you're the fin dom i don't know the i don't know the the term in theory in theory but i mean obviously you know my friend always is very much in the sub role he just sent me some photos of himself at the dungeon here in london where and he was like hanging in the air from his ankles because he meets with this guy and so it's like maybe before they meet he orders him to to do his thing but at the same time he then gets paid for it and then he goes along to the dungeon and gets hoisted into the air and is just sort of like hanging there for a while so it's this really sort of curious he's he's very much he's got a lot of power and it's very interesting how he uses that power but if he takes it into uh, a role of submission even though he's still keeping a lot of power there 
because all these guys, these guys will be sending him like really expensive underwear so that he'll then pose for them. And so he does things on online where he'll pose in the underwear that they've sent him. Um, but they're basically, you know, sending him 30 or 40 pounds underwear so that they can then get off on watching him wearing it. And I said, you do really well then. <laughs> like, yeah, you're getting all, all of this. Or, or they'll buy him toys and things so that he'll then... Uh, do a show with it uh, so it's, it's it's a fascinating mixing of of dynamics there get that coin and they send you the cash and then you just wear your own underwear because <laughs> I do that no they're, they're... <laughs> I've got enough underwear I'll have the money and then I'll just do so it. it I just do it for the money yeah <laughs> just been googling it so a findom is also known as a cash master which is quite cool. That could also be a game show. Yeah. Or a cash mistress. Or also a goddess. Oh. Yeah, okay. What You have to know what to ask for if you're demanding chastity. Wow. I, I mean, Nick, I just, I feel like... Are you looking this up? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I just... I don't it was Encyclopedia Britannica. <laughs> I was looking okay. up because I didn't even know what the word meant. So I'm not going to be fin-doming anything because I don't mm. even know what it is. But I think I could probably get into that role. I mean, I definitely, I would at least shave my chest for a couple of hundred quid and I would happily um, charge someone to watch them do whatever they like, really. I don't care what they do. Give me the cash, I'll watch. Maybe you should leave that in the broadcast and you might get some offers. <laughs> you could have like a, a extra kind of extra cast, like an XX extra cast. Oh God, be careful what you wish for. <laughs> If I can retire, <laughs> just do podcasting, that would be great. Well, welcome to Christmas. I think we're in the spirit. <laughs> What's been making you hopeful lately? Well, we have lovely sunshine, and so we're soon going to be at the shortest day of the year, and then the days will get longer again. That's always hopeful. When does that happen? Isn't it the 21st of December? First, wow. I think. What does that bring, that sense of longer days? Well, it's moving back into spring, renewal. I mean, I think winter's a good time to go inward, reflect, hibernate, and then, you know, there's always hope that the cycle is always going to happen. No matter how much we mess up the planet, it'll keep going around the sun and doing its thing, even if we destroy ourselves in the process. There'll still be a spring. Gives me hope. Mm. I don't mean to kill the mood by asking what's wrong with you hope. <laughs> We've gone from <laughs> All of that to like, oh, I don't know. There's only one way down from Fintomchi. It's <laughs> <laughs> giving me hope that you can make a living out of that. Mm. Maybe it's a challenging question at the moment because, you know, I was having a lot of hope as, as our face-to-face -face group was meeting and numbers were increasing and there was a sense of you know we're here we're gathering again we've got a real sense of connection 
uh, and pleasure as, 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 as people are starting to emerge from what's felt like a really sort of challenging couple of years and um, and it sort of almost feels like you know this is rehash of Christmas last year um, with the uncertainty and all the rest and um, so uh, so yes maybe at the moment and there might be a collective sense of this uh, around uh, in different countries so it's you know, we, we generally sort of get to the end of something and feel like, great, we've got through that, you know, now we're moving on, whereas it, it feels a bit like snakes and ladders and we've we've gone up a few ladders and felt that we've got somewhere and now it feels as if we're sliding down some massive snake again, <laughs> like back down to the tail where we were last Christmas. Um, uh, so, so obviously, you know, the, the last thing to remain in the box uh, when Pandora released all of the, the the sort of traumas into the world were, were was hope so I mean hope is the core thing um, that I guess keeps us going but maybe there's a slight edge to hope when you sort of like you've been through it once already and you've been through one Christmas with you know lockdowns and everything cancelled and, and you thought great well you know that was tough but we're through it and Oh, welcome back. <laughs> welcome back to uncertainty. And was there anything for you, Nick, that you learned as part of that experience last time that you can draw on this time? Well, definitely the, the importance of maintaining those nurturing connections that, uh, that are there. Um, so I had, you know, I couldn't go home that Christmas. I couldn't see a lot of people, but I, I had one friend over for uh, Christmas lunch um, and for the day uh, because that was that was what we were allowed. Um, and um, and it actually made it really special. So I mean, even this year, I'm thinking about someone I know who a friend of mine who's just moved into a new place, and and I'm thinking, well, we could probably talk about buddying up just over Christmas Day uh, so you know and then making it so that that does feel as if there's some connection and, and the chance to, to be with someone um, uh, and it's, it's sort of in a way I mean when this whole pandemic started like two years ago I was saying or I was in a group we were studying and we were talking about what was going on and whether we'd meet or not to finish our course and you know there is an aspect of bringing in that buddhist um notion that you know everything is uncertain and i think you know part of the struggle we're having with all of this experience is that as humans we do like to believe that everything is you know constant certain sure um that we're uh, we're in control of everything um, and you know, and Buddhism really points towards the fact that everything is uncertain and unsure, and and we don't really know what's going to happen. So it's almost like if 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 I could really learn to sort of live in that place of real presence, it would just be with it would just be accepting. Well, this is all unsure, uncertain. Don't know. You know that's what Ajahn Chah was always teaching. He's always saying, unsure, uncertain, don't know. Um, and it's like it's a whole country, a whole 
ecosystem, a whole world. We're sort of keep getting thrown into something that, you know, actually we're not probably quite ready for because it's almost like this intense insight experience of just, you know, nothing is ever certain. Everything is impermanent. As soon as you make one plan, it could dissolve away and, and you don't know what's going to replace it. And, and we usually get our sense of safety by, well, I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And for Christmas, I'm going to do that. And, um, and we don't expect it to all be thrown up in the air. But maybe if we took that reflective practice of just reflecting, well, actually, this just tells me everything's uncertain and uncertainty gives rise to insecurity and, and stress. And, and that's what it is to be an ego. And so I can make... I can make myself as sorry. I'm going on here, but it's like, like I can I can make myself as comfortable as possible in this burning house. But you know, I am still in a burning house. Like the Buddha said, you know, this world is like living in a burning house, and you either learn to get out of it or through insight, or you try and make yourself comfortable in one corner and not choke on the smoke. Um, so maybe it's maybe one thing I take out of it is mm, yeah, probably good to. Meditate, reflect, you know, find that place of security inside myself that's not dependent on external things so much. I, I mean, you just hearing you makes me feel calmer. So thank you. And it made me think about a quote from James Baldwin that I really love. He said, most of us, no matter what we say, are walking in the dark, whistling in the dark. Nobody knows what's going to happen to him from one moment to the next or how one will bear it. This is irreducible and it's true of everybody. Now it's true that the nature of society is to create among its citizens an illusion of safety, but it's also absolutely true that the safety is always necessarily an illusion and artists are here to disturb the peace. Hmm. And I love Beautiful that. Quote. And I love the sense of control being an illusion but I hate the reality of that. I love the idea of it. I say it all the time. I love quoting that. And then I go, oh, I have no control over anything. Oh, well, shit. <laughs> and that freaks me out. So I think there's something in what you say, Nick, about that sense of, yes, we have, we have been here. We know how we can connect to others and we can give ourselves time in the present and just maybe recognizing that we don't really have control over anything and then be uncomfortable with that, sit in the discomfort. You know, Paul, it's similar. There's a coach, Michael Neal, doing some stuff with him online. And um, here's a really nice distinction. You know, we have the distinction we make is we believe what we have on one side is uncertainty, right? And what we have on the other side is the illusion of certainty. <laughs> so we live in an, in an illusion, or I would even call it delusion of certainty, and think, oh, that stuff there is uncertain, but this is certain. Mm -hmm. And that's the illusion. Nothing is certain, right? Sort of like reminds me of the James Baldwin quote a bit. Lovely. How about our young'uns, Matthew Anders? Are you excited for Christmas? <laughs> Thrilled. <laughs> um, no, I'm so cute. I am starting to feel a bit festive now. I've seen a lot of Christmas trees and I've seen the lights. So it's, um, yeah. I've seen the light. I've seen the light. <laughs> Oxford Street. Um, what's bringing me hope? I, so last week after this whole Downing Street scandal revelation, I had a moment of like pure rage. 
I was so angry and that I was like, oh my God, I don't get angry about things. And it's kind of like sparked this new fire and energy in me where I need to like make something and create. So I'm doing a number at the moment, a drag number, all about this party. Um, <laughs> and I'm using this, I'm using this rage that I, that I felt when I heard this and I'm channeling it. And this has been something that's bringing me hope today. I've realized that that fire inside me that I've not really had an outlet for has found itself through this. So that's what I'm hopeful for. I'm, I'm harnessing my rage and my anger. Um, and I, I know how to use it now. What's got you to that point of knowing how to use it? Um, therapy. <laughs> <laughs> I literally had a, a session today and was basically saying, talking about this number that I'm creating and I'm just feeling like I need to just make something that expresses how angry this whole situation has made me feel. Um, and it's, it's putting all my creative energy and channeling that internal into a, into a physical thing. And I think that's what I need to do more. Um, get those, those inner emotions and feelings into a physical thing. Uh, so it's not in my head. That's, that's what I've kind of been discovering this last two weeks. So that's what I'm hopeful for. I love that. Where, where do you think that will end up? What will end up? Sorry. The production, the work that you're making, do you think that will end up? Oh, I'm doing it on day? Friday. I'm doing it on Friday. <laughs> this Friday. Wow. Yeah. I am um, filming it for those. Of yeah, I, I hope so. So it's probably the last gig. If it doesn't get cancelled, fingers crossed, everything's literally like getting cancelled left, right and centre at the moment, um, which is highly frustrating. But this is why I want to do it even more, because if it's the last one I do before this year, I want it to be a memorable viral sensation. <laughs> yes, yes. exciting. Exactly. How can we see it? Mm. I'll, I'll send you um, the deets. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. I, was, I, I had all these images of different types of fire, and I was wondering what shape your fire is. Is it the flame from a match, or is it a flamethrower? Is it a forest fire? Is it a dragon? Like, how are you channeling this fire? Ooh, so the, the, <laughs> the internal rage is like an orb of like molten metal. It's like heat of a thousand suns. It's, it's a strong flame ball. <laughs> Great balls of fire. Mm -hmm, quite right. <laughs> Love it. I can't wait. I can't wait. Yeah, that's exciting. Yes. And how about our Amsterdam? I, I, that, that's not even a word. I was going to say Amsterdamian. That's not a thing, is it? Amsterdonian? It can be if Amster, you want it to be a thing. Amsterdam or I don't know, actually. Damn. What yeah, do they call know. themselves over there? Damn. Um, <laughs> Amsterdamers. Yeah, maybe. Amsterdam. I don't know. Actually, I'm unsure. But my brain isn't really working today. So I'll get back to you on that. <laughs> uh, but I actually um both hearing about the uncertainty and about the creative rage um reminded me of a thing that makes me feel hopeful and it's uh, quite personal too but um i'm working my final week of 2021 this week and next year i have 
set up my schedule so that I will not work on Fridays anymore. Um, primarily then with my, with my main client that wanted me to work full time with them. And I said, no. Uh, so, and I don't have any plans for what I'm going to do on Fridays. Um, so I hope that they will be filled with, with creativity, maybe some more printmaking and just art making. Uh, but I don't know. And it feels very exciting and, uh, hopeful for me to, to start a year without knowing exactly what's going to happen on Fridays. <laughs> what would you like to happen? Um, well, I want to do much more screen printing and uh, reso printing, which I have learned a little bit this fall because I used to do a lot of printmaking when I lived in DC, but I haven't really since moving back to Europe. And I started a little bit this year and it's been so fun and nice. And um, now I'm also moving closer to one of the screen printing studios. So I think that's where I'm going to try to spend a lot of Fridays at least. Um, but then I also get the news that I will have the chance to once again work with some dancers in Sweden who are creating a new show um, where I will do some graphics for that, which is uh, one of my favorite things to do, work with culture. Nice. Is that, I was going to say, is that Jeffrey in the background, but it's not coming from there. No, no it's, it's one of the Lisbon barking dogs. Oh. Hello, yes. husband barking dog. Is it barking in Portuguese? I guess so. I think he's been put out and he wants to be let back in. Oh. So it happens quite often. How's Jeffrey doing these days? Uh, he's fine. He's uh, unusually calm before a move, which usually makes him uh, have a meltdown. But um, mm. he's also outside right now, actually, with his other owner. Um, so Anders, you haven't moved yet You're in the process of moving. Yeah, so we have the new, we have our new apartment, um, but we decided that of course we have to paint all the walls and uh, rip out all the old floors and put in other floors uh, for some reason. So now that's currently happening. Uh, and mm -hmm. tomorrow they're supposed to be done with these mm -hmm. floors. And then on Sunday we move. So we have the, the overlap right now and then yeah, but I'm a, I'm a homeowner now, a homeowner. Congratulations. Thank you. It's very strange. <laughs> but it's also been making me very happy. This is not maybe hopeful, but very joyful because I've been just like biking all around all of Amsterdam. The past two days I've had to swing by the new apartment before going to my office. And um, it's just made me so happy because I love Amsterdam so much. It's such a beautiful, weird, fun city, and just biking through it makes me very happy. Mm. Yeah, yeah. No, that, that's beautiful. Uh, yes, I've seen seen scenes from Amsterdam, and and it does. It looks like it would be a beautiful place. Yes. Yeah, and right now we have these, um, there's a, a light installation or a sort of like an art, out, outdoor art exhibit with, um, oh, it's called Something Lights, um, where they, on a lot of the bridges on the canals, they put up light art installations. Uh, and there's a lot of them around where we live now. 
so just walking the dog or biking in the evening there's just like all this beautiful light lighting up the water and the buildings uh, which is lovely nice can't wait to come and visit because i know that we've got an open invitation for the new place so yes um... we have a guest room now <laughs> oh i'll come too yeah, well yeah. exactly we can fit what five of us in that yeah. guest room right we just need to get a date from Oliver and then, you know, we'll, we'll let you know we're on the way. Perfect. <laughs> Have the guest room ready. Yes. Um, so I, I think, I mean, just being here and hearing all of this makes me feel more hopeful, but I think I probably started in the place where Nick was about going, oh God, we're back here again. And just living in this place where things are unpredictable if they ever were predictable, but just that feeling of like things are getting cancelled at short notice and uh, yeah, just it's all looking very uncertain again. So I I have been feeling under the shadow of that. And, and so I think my hope comes from a belief, maybe it's a wish, maybe it's a faith, I don't know, that that we'll get through it and that things will be better on the other side. And I think that's what I'm really hanging on to, that, yes, this is painful and it's going on a lot longer than anyone, well, not anyone predicted, lots of people predicted this, maybe it's just the way it's being badly managed. But I feel more hopeful that we have some resilience that maybe we didn't have before, maybe that we've got some new connections that we didn't have before, we've got some, um, I don't know, new strengths that we didn't have before so mm. i feel hopeful for what might happen when we come through the other side of this tunnel it just feels like a very long tunnel um yeah go on nick yeah i mean yes it's a long tunnel and i mean interestingly i mean i think there's a place for hope and there's also a place for challenging a bit like sort of matthew is sort of um uh addressing and and you know and interestingly i just read an article is that the the japanese government has created a minister or, or a ministry for loneliness uh because um the impact of the pandemic has been uh, on a culture where already it wasn't a part of the culture to be very expressive around emotions and feelings and and, and a very formalized culture uh, like a friend of mine is half English, half Japanese, and he's saying, what do you do when, you know, how do you know that someone's into you if you fancy them? And he say, well, there's this Japanese saying of something like you have to read the air. Um, so it's like you just get this sense that this person is, is attracted to you or interested in you. There's not going to be any big show or overt expression of it. Um, uh, so... Yeah, this ministry for loneliness has been created because so many people uh, are committing suicide at the moment in Japan. Um, and, you know, it's the hidden side of the pandemic, or I mean, it certainly is being spoken about. Um, but, you know, we are we are social beings and, and we thrive through, through um, interaction with others and through physical interaction. 
um, and even you know like in the in the beginning of the pandemic basically being told well at least in England you know no sex please we're British it's like you know well if you're not with someone and you're not living in a house with them we'll just stop having sex until you know until we tell you you can um, and of course I mean I was I, I actually held off for quite you know six months or so um, but uh, you know, I was chatting with some people who two weeks into it, they were already climbing up the walls. <laughs> they couldn't manage any longer. Um, Although the guidance did say, just don't kiss and face away from each other. So it was like, okay. Well, that could create an interesting situation. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I mean, yeah, there's, there's, there's so much evidence of like the mental health impact on people from this period and um and maybe you know as people who are working around well-being for some of us are or just working with our own well-being it's you know it's really something to consider you know that that a lot of people have only just started to feel comfortable going into spaces again people have become scared of being in public spaces and i felt quite annoyed by the i i i sound like this sort of queen moderating my speech there but it's sort of like i i, I was really i was really angry when sort of listening to that press conference and boris johnson and it's sort of like you know and yes one person has died already of this new omicron version and and it's sort of like okay well yes you know this is going to this may have serious ramifications but you know just suddenly just randomly without any supporting information about who that person was what their underlying conditions were whether you know how likely this is to impact on us and of course what it's done is it's just made everyone panic it's like we're all going to die you know stop going out stop doing things stop you know stop talking about the party that happened in downing street because now we're all worried about dying uh, you know there, there's 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 a lot of control potentially going on in, in the way the news is being broadcast through the government so i just sort of think you know it's really important that that we we work in connection with the people that we know and you know we're really aware of the people who maybe are struggling or suffering or feeling lonely or feeling cut off and you know like i'm reaching out to this friend who i know is probably going to find it really hard over christmas and probably suggest that we bubble up um, you know, everyone listening to this might have people they know who might be a bit lonely or cut off or missing the fact that they can't go out again. Um, and just seeing, you know, how can we make a phone call? How can we reach out to someone? Um, how can we connect? There's definitely a sense of it's shifting again. I mean, I, I've been hearing from um like consultants doctors working in london hospitals who are saying a lot of our staff are now testing positive including people who've been triple vaccinated so while i also am very mistrustful of government propaganda i trust those people who are working in the front line and they're saying actually we're heading for a massive reality check because actually the wave will be coming so there is i i sit i sit between a place of um hope and fear i guess and i try and keep moving in between those spaces depending on what's going on 
But also, you know, this is our last episode of 2021. It's our, it's our last episode of the year and it's our first episode where we are ending a year because everything is still a first for us in this first 12 months of Hopecast. So I was wondering to kind of build on that conversation, I had three questions that I was going to spring on each of you. Um, a bit of time to reflect on 2021, a bit of time to think about where we are right now and then something about the coming year. So if I could spring those on you, you don't need to do any preparation because it's just really about what comes up for you. And firstly, it's about thinking about 2021 and thinking about the year that we've been through. And um, despite the challenges, I mean, every, every year has challenges, but some of them are particularly unique to this one. Despite the challenges that we've had, there will have been experiences throughout the year that have given you life, that have made you feel hugely alive, where you've felt like you are the best version of you that you want to be. And so my first question is, what has been one of those experiences this year where you, where you have felt the most you? It's such a funny uh, timing because I'm, I'm just going to go back to my biking in Amsterdam thing, but literally today when I was biking in Amsterdam and just like looking around myself and just thinking about where I am physically, I was like, I feel like this is me. You know, I found a place here where I really am me uh, and that I have the chance here to to kind of explore who that is in in the ways that I maybe have wanted to, but not done before. So it's, I mean, that's a simple thing, but it keeps coming back and it's it's been this full, full year. And I mean, with lockdowns, what I've had is the city, I mean, to walk around it, to see it, to experience it. And that's um, thankfully been a very good experience for me. What would others see in you when you're in that moment? Well, I smile a lot on my bike. <laughs> Just very, uh, like, especially on my bike. Now I have an electric bike too, so it's fast. And I will just like kind of lean back a little bit when I'm feeling this moment and zoom down uh, by a canal or something. And just, um, yeah, I think I look very happy. <laughs> and then I ring my bell at people who are in my way. <laughs> but for others, when have you felt most yourself this year? I think um, on my birthday, uh, when I got all my birthday messages, because it was still in lockdown, um, I had all my closest friends record video messages and watching that like filled my heart so much. Um, I felt like all of the last, I mean, yeah, some of the friends I've known about 20 years and I just felt so like seen and uh, um, valued. Um, and I've got that as like a thing for the rest of my life now. Um, that was That was the time when I was just like, 
the people around me are so amazing and I feel so lucky to have these people around me and supporting me and like encouraging me and nourishing me as a as a person um yeah that was my moment of the year that I was just like I'm lucky I'm lucky why was that special um I think in light of being in lockdown for my 30th I didn't think anything was was gonna happen I so I had literally no expectations that day and to see so many faces of people who did not all live in this country like it was it was the best surprise I could have had I was wondering and initially I was thinking was when I started teaching and holding that space again for the for the gay men's group and there's definitely something there uh, sort of feeling like oh this this feels good you know to be back with people to be connected maybe on that theme but then then also what just came to my mind was um I've been back to five rhythms a couple of times now uh five rhythms dance and it just made me realize how much I, I've missed that experience of moving, expressing through movement, connecting to my body and, and connecting to others through movement. You know, I mean, Five Rhythms sort of has an aspect of contact improv as well, where, you know, you can start to just connect with another and, and move with their body as you're, as you're dancing. Um, uh, and there's just something about, and it's an LGBT group here in London, so it's primarily gay men who are in the space. So it just feels like an amazing space to, dance is maybe not always the right word, because it is very much a, an expression through movement. And, 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 and I just realise how much my body loves that and feels so comfortable being able to express and move and respond to the music. and feel the sweatiness of another man's body as we're just connecting and moving and uh, responding to the music and, and there's a there's a synthesis there's something that happens in that moment in the dance because you're not doing any dance moves you're just simply seeing what happens when the back of one hand meets the back of another hand and an arm just starts to move across an arm and you start to just move in in uh, in harmony with the other person's body and it's very much dropping dropping thinking because I, mean, I used to really struggle with it because i'd then be thinking oh right okay i'm dancing with someone now you know how do i make this work and then our elbows would clunk together or something would sort of like get jarred uh, and then instead it's like dropping the thinking and just being in the the sensation of touch and movement and flow um so yeah yeah i really i've really loved that the last uh, month where I've been able to get back to that. Is there a, is there a particular place in your body that you feel that when you're in that space of movement? I think it's the whole body. That's what's so beautiful about it. It's a sense of like just coming in. So like, you know, sometimes like in, in, uh, in chaos, you know, which is sort of much more about being expressive. It's like then then it's very much feeling a sense of grounding. It's my feet. It's like pounding with my feet sort of in that. And 
Um, and then at other times it's about feeling the edges of my body as I'm moving through the space. Uh, but then it sort of finishes in lyrical and um, stillness as the final rhythms that, that you go through in, in five rhythms. And, and, and when you come into lyrical and stillness, so like this last week, <laughs> there was a friend who was there and we were dancing in lyrical, which is a childlike mode. And, and I just sort of took his hand and we, we sort of went down very, really low and we just started running through all the other dancers. <laughs> So <laughs> just running through the space and weaving, and um, and so there's just this sort of sense of joyfulness, um, and then you know at that point we're not dancing, but it's like it's still five rhythms because we're actually embodying and expressing an a, an energy of playfulness, of lightness, of, of joyfulness. Mm. Sounds amazing. How about for you, Yasser? A, a moment or a time or an experience when you felt most you? Yeah, I've been sort of puzzling a bit over that. Mm. I suppose there have been a few. I did go hiking last weekend in Sintra, which is a lovely little town in the hills near Lisbon. Very magical, lots of little palaces and castles and whimsical things, very green. And it was just for me being out in nature and on a trail the trees and moss and flowers and dirt and sky is just, I think, where I feel most myself. Um, I feel connected to what I consider the truest part of me. There are other versions of that, but that just really sort of grounds me, and gives me hope and connection. So, yeah. And I just, it just reminded me how I want to do that more often. Like, you know, make it intentional to go there once a month because it's a 40 minute train ride from Lisbon. Um, and it is very green and beautiful. It's quite magical. So it's a little bit different from here. So just having that immersion in nature at any scale is so, so nourishing. It makes me feel that's me. The truest part of you. Well, the truest part of me. Is there, I mean, is there a true part? Is there a truest? Are there levels of truth? I don't know. But it seems there's always a bit of unfolding, right? Discovering deep, deeper and deeper what that truth is and seeing more of that revealed. But that's one thing that really I know for me. It does feel like my truth. Or I can see, I can know myself in that situation or setting much more than I can in a lot of other contexts. And silence is usually a part of that. I'm going to give some thought to the truest part of me. Such a lovely invitation. Mm. For me, I, I was thinking about, um, there was lots of moments actually, which I'm really grateful for. But one, kind of similar to yours, Jesser, because it, it reminded me of something that I really enjoyed doing and then haven't done it much lately because things have been too busy. But there is this little space just near where we live, like two minutes walk away, which is a bench that's sitting in a circle of stones up against a piece of the original Roman London wall overlooking a small piece of water. And Nick was there actually one day. We After we fed squirrels, we went there and you, you taught me that 
water lilies grow up, not down, which I just, that was mind blowing. Um, and over the summer, I think I would go and just sit on that bench in this circle of stones up against this kind of old piece of London and look at the water and just imagine the future. And I think I'm actually very, you know, I, I really appreciate people. I love being with people. I feel very sociable and very nosy. But now and again, just having those moments of stillness on my own, I felt really myself. And a couple of times in the year where I had either something that was a decision to make or something serious to think about, I would take myself down to that space and sit on that bench. And I kind of thought of it as like my thinking space. And there was something in that about giving myself time to think, just give myself time out and, and doing it in a way that for me isn't too much nature. You know, there's water, that's good enough. There's also a bit of, um, a bit of magic to it, a bit of, you know, where's this circle of stones come from and who were the Romans who built that wall behind me? There's a bit of mystery to it mm. all, which kind of puts me in a place of curiosity. So yeah, I guess maybe there's something about I feel most myself when I feel really curious about something. I think if I stop asking questions, that's always a bad sign. If I get into just giving answers or not being interested in someone else, then that's not good. So yeah, base of curiosity. Um, second question I have for you is kind of bringing it more into now. And without humility or embarrassment what should we celebrate about the you that you are today well i can jump in so i was just realizing paul when you asked the question about the year in review the december 13th was actually um the day I arrived in Lisbon a year ago. And I was going to celebrate it in my portrait, my portrait verse, and I just forgot about it and forgot about life. <laughs> and I just remembered, oh shit, that was two days ago. And I was supposed to make a big fuss about it, and I didn't. But as you asked that question, you know, I, I moved here in the pandemic, sight unseen to a country I'd never visited, and just got up and came. So to me, that feels pretty gutsy. So one of my uh, friends and colleagues said to me, you should always keep a box of party poppers in your desk for when a moment might arise. So to celebrate a year, there we go, congratulations. Thank you. That was one of the Yay. best bits of advice anyone ever gave me. And I think to <laughs> share that with you now and celebrate okay, your thank you. one year in Lisbon is amazing. Yeah. What and does to it... have a driver's license. <laughs> It takes longer to get a driver's license than to get residency. <laughs> what so. do you think is the um, the quality in you that made that happen? Mm. Well, you know, Goethe says said if you trust your intuition, you will know how to live, and that's on my coaching website. And it's sort of a mantra. So it was just trusting my intuition and following it and just trusting, you know, whatever works out will work out. Mm. 
Lovely. It was that. And I think also a sense that, you know, life is short. And when you get to your 50s, it's, you don't have as much time to necessarily... I mean, no one knows how much time anyone has. But if we looked at it chronologically, then, you know, my time on this earth is, if all goes well, less than, you know, someone who's half my age, like Anders and Matthew. And so there's less time for futzing around and saying, okay, if not now, then when? I didn't want to wait another year for when the pandemic would be over before making my room, because the pandemic isn't over. And I think we just, just not to put a damper on things, it's we have I sense going back this after the pandemic, before the pandemic, when it's over the tunnel, doesn't serve us because there is no over yet. You know, new variants, maybe new vaccines, maybe not, maybe worse variants. This is this is this is our life, and I don't feel you know if we get rid of the tunnel and there's light at the end, there's freedom in just seeing that we're not in the tunnel. We're just in what we are. And it's not always fun, but it's not fun for most people in the world. We're actually vaccinated. 89% of Africa is not. So I think we also have to realize we're in a bit of a bubble of privilege at times. And so we can actually even have these discussions, but it's just what it is. And so not fun, but, you know. Anyway, didn't want to cause a damper, but just also this sense of just whatever is, is this unfolding moment. And right now it's a beautiful moment with all of us, the dogs barking, but uh, you're all here and we're having this lovely convo and we're all well and there's a bird outside the tree and what more can anyone hope for right now? And we've just made the dog famous. So, you know, if someone's <laughs> listening to this on speakers, dogs around the world would be going, that's that dog, that famous dog <laughs> from Hopecast. <laughs> the Taylor dog. Swift of dogs. <laughs> Thank you, Yasser. How about others? What, what should we celebrate about the you that you are right now? Without humility or embarrassment. I can uh, I can hop in. Um, it's a very difficult question, though. So shame on you. No, uh, uh, I think what I would go with is, or what what I celebrate myself right now, I guess, is that I have a bit of a newfound. Um, maybe not integrity but ability to kind of decide what it is that i want and then actually doing that thing which um i think when i look back i've always been a pretty cautious person and uh, i've been waiting for the thing to happen or for the right time to do things and so on and uh now i don't feel like that person so much anymore and uh, that's not too Say that that was the worst person, but um, that's what I'm what I'm celebrating. Celebrating is a little bit of that uh, uh, knowing knowing what I want and actually going for that. Uh, just been a big change really this year. Most enabled that. <sighs> I think 
in a way, I mean, just building new communities, finding new people like this group and also within Amsterdam, um, just interacting with people who who have that and do that uh, has quite a nice effect. <laughs> um, and also, I think just not being so, I think I've let go of a bit of worry about um, doing things wrong or failing, uh, which also uh, was greatly helped by therapy this year, is to kind of just be be okay and maybe not be a perfectionist. Um, so I've let go a little bit of that too and embraced the mess. Uh, which is really fun. We celebrate that. Well, Matthew, it's down to you and I. <laughs> I think, I think something I would celebrate in myself is a sense of adventure and non-conformity. Um, so, uh, I think I've always sort of had this sense that, that life is something to explore and not sort of settle into some predefined way of, of living. Um, you know, I mean, that came right from when I met Mrs. Topham Smith when I was a teenager and there was just this mad woman whizzing around on her bike in the village with her dog running beside her and asking for someone to go and help her out with chores uh, after after school. And I was just like, who's this? She's terrifying. I'm going to go and find out who she is and <laughs> like hang out with her. And then she turned out to be this really wonderful, slightly eccentric, but amazing village woman that I got to know. And or to even, you know, more recently, just having someone contact me from Saudi Arabia saying like, oh, could you come and give me a massage? And it's like, yeah, sure. OK, you're paying for everything. I'll, I'll head over. And and just, you know, various friends being like, oh, my God, what are you doing? You can't do that. And I said, well, I just get a good vibe from him. And it's sort of like, doesn't seem to be a, doesn't seem to be a problem. And, and, and it was, it was, it was a lot of fun. And even, even missing the flight back because I didn't get the times right. And, and then it just, that continue to be an adventure and just having another day exploring and enjoying so there's definitely something about that you know from living in communes being a buddhist monk exploring tantra <laughs> you know it's just life's always this space to explore and, and play and learn um and uh yeah it's uh it's a game uh, so at times I feel overwhelmed by it and, and I feel all the stress and worry and anxiety of it all and and at other times I can come back to just remembering it's a game and, 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 and enjoying the play. Do you think there's a prize at the end? <laughs> I, well, I mean, from the Buddhist sense there is because it's like karma ripens when we die uh, you know where where we have brought our consciousness to through the the conscious choices we've made in this lifetime determines the uh, 
the life that we uh, get attracted to in our next rebirth. Um, so from the Buddhist perspective, you know, one of the prizes, if you, if you meditate a lot and you refine your consciousness, you could get reborn in a heaven realm. You might even get reborn in a, in a non-material realm where you just sort of float around as consciousness enjoying, you know, presence. Um, uh, of course, you end up, when that karma runs out, it's a bit like you spend all your lottery winnings and then it, it runs out and you come back down into the human realm again. So it's not a permanent release. Um, or you know you might you you might have really focused on your art and, and 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 things that gave you pleasure. So then your consciousness gets drawn to an environment for a rebirth that will support that in in a future life. So then you you move forward in in how your consciousness is evolving because of um, so in, in a sense that's that's the prize. Um, whereas if we get lost, if we struggle, if we go into you know more negative ways of behaving, then 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 we may well find that our next life brings up challenges. But then and then those challenges are there to help us learn and evolve. Yeah, I mean it's not down to me to give out those prizes, obviously, but yeah, you'd be close to the top of the list, surely. Uh, well, I don't know. <laughs> Matthew, what do we celebrate about the you that you are right now? Um, <clears throat> I think, um, especially over the last year, kind of taking more risks, um, not giving up. I'm, I'm really proud of myself for like, pushing through some difficult times and and like doing the work on myself and like the self-discovery and growth that's happened over the last few years. I'm really pleased where I am at this point and where I'm continuing to go. Um, and that's been often challenging at times to, to delve into, um, but it's something I'm really passionate about and something I love doing because I feel like the more I do it, the more I discover who I am. Um, yeah, it's carving out a new path or like carving a path at all. I think I've said this in previous episodes that my teenage years and stuff, I didn't really know what it meant to like have an adult queer life. And I'm really confident and proud of what I'm doing with my life now and the direction it's going. Um, and it's, it might be into the unknown, unventured areas, but it's exciting. And I don't feel scared about treading new paths now. I feel like pioneering and that's exciting. Where do you get your energy for that? <laughs> um. <laughs> I don't know, life, friends, doing things, um, people, interactions, connection, um, things that bring me joy, dancing, music, uh, traveling, um, new things, like literally just doing new things and constantly being curious and exploring, making new stories. I think that's it. 
just not letting life get old because there's so much to try and do and experience. One day we should go back and transcribe all these podcasts because this is like, you know, there's so much amazing stuff in this. Talk about, you know, self-praise. But, <laughs> yeah, that's beautiful. Um, I wrote down a couple of words earlier when I was, because I hadn't thought about this really. I thought about the question but not the answer. And so when I was thinking about what would I celebrate about myself, I wrote down the, <laughs> I wrote down the words glory hole. <laughs> <laughs> by which I mean I do think when I'm at my best I can add an aspect sorry Matthew's choking on his drink I can add an aspect of glorious into the world and rather than it being something you know like pulling a rabbit out of a hat I think what I'm quite good at is putting the rabbit in the hat because you have to do that before you can take it out and so I think if anything I'm kind of this a hole for glory, you know, that, 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 but in a kind of projectile way, this is really not something that I would have on my eulogy. He was a glory hole. Um, but just that there's something I'm so much more able to celebrate the gloriousness of life and the, and particularly the glory of queer life that I couldn't have done before. And I hope I can do even more in the future. But I, I definitely think there's something about the, yeah, just the gloriousness of it that has taken a long time to get to. So, yeah, I'm not sure if I would have that on my gravestone or maybe I would. Glory hole. <laughs> that, that would be good. Um, my last question is one that I want us to think about for the episode, because I think the next one we're going to be beginning of a new year we're going to be thinking about it but I'm so curious if there's anything that comes to mind immediately just that might be a spark which is what is the world calling you to be mm. it's a lovely provocative question to think about ah. i'll go um i think this is very um oh, um fresh on my mind because I had a therapy session today talking about pretty much this um for me it's definitely about being courageous and owning who I am and not being scared of my fire um going going forward not second guessing myself or questioning if something's good enough or how it's going to be viewed by other people I think really just owning what I do and my skill and what I can bring to the world and not censoring it before it's even happened. That's, that's mine. Mother of dragons. <laughs> mm. Very powerful, Matthew. I love it. Mm. Clarity. Things that came up for me just as I was hearing you all really, and I was, again, I hadn't thought that this was going to lead into this question, so I want to give it some more thought, but the world is calling me to be is more loving. And one of the things I'd really like to do is to start normalizing telling my friends I love them. Because I don't do that. And mm. you know, when I look at you on the screen, I love you all. Oliver's not here. No. I love Oliver most. Um <laughs> but no, I love you all. You know, you are the role 
wish I had had when I was a kid. And the beautiful thing is I get to have you now as an adult when I actually have agency and power, you know, the ability to do something with all of this stuff that you give me. So I really take, I, I, I have a, a real energy and a sense of how do I bring more love into my relationships with friends in particular. I think I've always thought of love as being something that's either very small, like with one person, or huge, like, you know, someone in a stadium, oh, we love you, and you think, no, you don't, there's 80,000 of us here. And I've never really thought of it in smaller units of love. So that's something to bring more into the space, and particularly in a way that I think you lot have helped me do that. Paul, I think you do that more than you think you do already, just by your presence and curiosity. It's an act of love. Mm -hmm. And I need to say it more. Oh, I'm getting a message from the universe saying your internet connection is unstable. <laughs> That's <laughs> weird, considering we've got really amazing internet. Yeah, we're falling through time. So maybe that's a good place for us to come to a pause and to leave, leave us with that question of what's the world calling us to be? And, you know, maybe this is our first ever Hopecast cliffhanger. Tune in to the next episode and find out what the world is calling us to be. Okay. Let's maybe close our eyes. Let's <clears throat> take a deep breath in. Let's breathe in all the love and all the connection and all the joy and everything you've heard today on this podcast. As we breathe out, just relax and be okay with it all. Another deep breath in. We're taking it all in, the good, the bad, the ugly, the barking dogs, chirping birds. Uncertainty. As we breathe out, just remembering There's a part of us that can be untouched by whatever else is happening. I'm just letting go of any stories we have about ourselves or each other, about the world. But whether we're in a better place than last year or a worse place or the same place, just pull that go. What do we have? What we have is this breath. It's eternal moment.
constant unfolding of something new and different, unexpected. Remembering as we breathe and follow the breath, but through it all, we can remain grounded. We can remain grounded in our awareness. Or any other word you have for that sense of space, timelessness. Space from which perhaps all things arise and all things fall back into. It can be silent and empty. It can be full of creative energy. place of dynamic stillness. And any name we give it is just a label. can do is to experience it. Find the moments when we can relax and breathe into that stillness. Into that deep awareness that is infinitely present. that accepts and allows all things from COVID through to Christmas, everything in between, to rise, come into being, come into existence and to fall away. And so our work is to meet all of that, whatever arises in our lives and in our world with equanimity, with grace. With acceptance, whether we like something or not. With curiosity. And with love.
So we end this meditation connecting with the power of love, this energy of love that drives the universe, connects us to each other on this call, connects us to everyone listening. constantly expands the more it is given. So for these last few moments, you might imagine or feel even a sense of expansion and love in the heart area, perhaps as a light, perhaps as a vibration, perhaps as an energy. But even if you don't realize it, you can shine out into the world. So as this year draws to an end, let's shine our light of love. Let's shine our truth. And let's light up the world with our love. And that's it. That was so beautiful. Thank you, Yasser. I just had this, something made sense to me there. Well, a lot did. But I was really having this sense of connectedness and connectedness to the whole, to the, the whole of everything. And, mm -hmm. and in this space, I feel very whole. So maybe it's glory whole with a W, that there's something about wholeness <laughs> and connectedness. So thank you. Thank you, everyone. Mm, thanks, everyone. You're really lovely. And that's it from Hopecast for 2021. We'll be back again in the new year. In the meantime, if you like what we do, please leave us a rating. Five stars, please. Anything less is homophobic and it is the festive season. So thank you again for listening. We think you're very special. That's creepy, isn't it? <laughs> that's really creepy. <laughs> Why would I say that? We think you're marvellous and special.